All right, I got a quote for you today. Women are attractive to men, and different things that women do are attractive to different kinds of men. If you dress like a tramp or if you lean just a little bit trampy, you will in fact get male attention. Unfortunately, you are attracting the kind of man you should not want to attract. A woman should want to be attractive without attracting. An attractive woman is a lady, and a lady is a woman who comports herself with self-respect. You should want, she is certainly attractive. You should not want, she is certainly an attraction. Oh man, speaking some truth here, um, and we recognize, fully recognize that that might ruffle your feathers, but that's why we're here to talk about it. Yes. Um, Because that quote is um, by Doug Wilson, and he has a whole uh, blog post on this. Uh, We thought that was timely, um, Mm -hmm. um, just to process through. We've never talked about modesty before. Right. And so uh, it's a very good topic. Uh, It's come up in... Well, in in modesty in marriage, like what do you mean modesty? You know, it's like, well... We've obviously seen each other naked, so <laughs> how modest should... More than once. What is, yeah, like what kind of <laughs> modesty, what are we talking about? And so uh, hopefully we'll unpack that conversation for you today, and we will sweat. <laughs> Nothing, that's good. We'll see you on the other side. <laughs> I'm only laughing because... I just didn't expect you to say we've seen each other naked. That, that was not something I was... Well, because when you think modesty, at least when I think modesty, it's like you want to cover yourself up. You don't want to be, you know, showing off your goods, those kinds of things. But it's like, okay, modesty in marriage. What does that What does that mean? Well, we're not clearly not talking about modesty in terms of how around. you <laughs> present yourself to one another. Right. I think there are... There's decorum. Right. And how I carry myself in front of you because I, I want to honor you in, yeah. in many ways and I'm not going to be over, like, I'm not going to be a huge slob, right, around you. It's just not courteous of me. <laughs> Don't kidding. you dare. I'm kidding. No, same. Fact check, same. true. <laughs> same. Uh, uh, for the next, uh, for this week, we're going to talk about modesty in marriage uh, with wives and then next week the conversation is going to be about modesty with men. Masculine modesty. Masculine so if modesty. if you're wondering what that might mean, uh, I discovered that this week. <laughs> so let's dive into this, Cell. Um, if you're not aware of who we are, my name is Ryan. This is my lovely wife, Selena, my lovely modest wife, <laughs> Selena. <laughs> we're the fierce, we're the fiercest, uh, we're the voices behind Fierce Marriage, the, the podcast, if you're listening to this. We also have a YouTube channel. Definitely check it out. We do all of our marriage and par- parenting stuff all in one place. If you're already watching it, thank you. Go and hit that subscribe button. We'd be honored mm-hmm. to have you there. Um, and check out some of the parenting stuff. Um, I love doing the parenting videos. So anyway, but this is Fierce Marriage. And today we are talking about feminine modesty. Yeah. So this is one of those topics that, so just, you might get into it, but it's highly sensitive because it's very subjective. Well, yeah, there's kind of this notion going around that if you say anything about anything with anyone like you're automatically like an in, enemy or you're objectifying somebody well in anything i mean in anything really i mean if you take you could take that for any subject i feel like nowadays you could if you if you are opposed if to any view or disapprove yeah. or disagree with then you're you know automatically labeled instead of being able to have conversations here's, about things here's a perfect example of yeah. that someone accused me of quote literal violence because i said i would like to share the gospel with people I'm not kidding. I said, they said, you can't share the gospel. I said, Jesus commanded us to share the gospel. She, she said, no, he didn't. I, I showed her the verse. She said, well, it's literal violence to, to basically share the gospel with somebody. And uh, the, their reasoning was that 
anyway, we're getting on a tangent, but they said if you are uh, under the threat of hell, you're saying believe in Jesus under the threat of hell, which not my words, those are Christ's words, those are God's words, uh, and I wouldn't necessarily share the gospel in that way, <laughs> uh, but that was literal violence, um, apparently, and either that person needs to learn the definition of literal or the definition of violence because she's using them wrong. The point is, you can't bring up anything. You can't even say, this is right. the best news I could possibly share with you without them being like, you're a bigot. Yes. Well, <laughs> and you know, another example that we've seen um, kind of with our, our co-op uh, is that, you know, some of the older grades are, in, you know, enforcing a bit of a dress code, right? And parents sign on to this. But there's been some ruffled feathers about why should we have a dress code? Like that feels... Like legalistic it's legalistic. Or prudish. Yes, or right. prudish. When we are really just trying to help young people stay pure, stay on the right path. And, uh, you know, what kind of attention is it actually attracting? And should that be the type of attention that uh, we should be training in yeah. young women and young men? So, And in our, well, when we're talking about married wives in this case, and we'll talk about husbands next week. Uh, another clear example is I used to lead worship on stage a lot, and we had choir, and we had different singers and musicians and things. And it was the hardest conversations I had, both in the adult <laughs> side and also in the college age and or youth group side, mm-hmm. as the worship leader, is I would have to have com- pull them aside and say, you can't be on stage with that. Like, that is immodest yeah. of you. And so, um, and that that would almost be always received with hurt feelings at a minimum yeah. or anger. Yeah. And so it's a touchy topic, but here we are, and touching I think, it. <laughs> and well, and I think our hope again today is to shed some light on how we can better live out the gospel in this area, and how we can honor the Lord uh, with how we dress, with how we act towards one another, with uh, the type of attention that we sh- we want to attract. I mean, motive matters. You hear us saying that more and more, but motivation matters with everything. And so if I'm choosing a piece of clothing, why am I choosing that piece of clothing? Mm-hmm. And what type of attention am I trying to get and why? Okay. So uh, we're going to dive into a few verses. We've got a few quotes here that we want to talk about. And then there's the two passages that are kind of the modesty and humility, the like hair braiding passages, right? First Peter 3 and First Timothy 2. So we'll get to those in just a minute. But I want to start with um, Romans 12. And we're going to talk about a few of these key points and key words here about how we can honor the Lord and be living sacrifices uh, for him. So Romans 12 We will start with uh, verse one. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Hmm. There's something happening in this passage that we can easily gloss over. Um, He's talking about their bodies as individuals, okay? Right as living sacrifices, and that's there's so much depth to be had here. We can't get into all of it because we haven't really studied the full depth of it. I just know it's there, but in terms of what living sacrifices are, but this plural bodies, because in the next part of this passage, he's talking about the unity of the singular body that is the church. Mm-hmm. So there is a presenting of our bodies as individuals. And, okay, do we read that as literal bodies? Do we read that as, read that as uh, you know, some sort of metaphorical body, like mm-hmm. present your life? as a living sacrifice because yeah. clearly we're not on an altar like you can't really be right. a living literal living sacrifice that's right. an oxymoron which is what some of what's Paul's doing the point is is it's saying that your individuality is to be kind of on the altar mm-hmm. of God's glory and that doesn't 
doesn't erase our individuality. It doesn't do any of that. But it does say like this will this needs to serve the, to the glory of God. And, and and as Paul goes on to say, is that then we'll serve the good of the church, right. the good of the, the singular will, body of God's Christ's and, bride, the church. Yep, and it will always be under the submission and authority of Christ and and, and God. So, you know, by living sacrifice, it's like we're living not according to the world standards. Even though when our flesh may want to, we're sacrificing that part of our flesh, right, to the, to the glory of God, mm. to the honor of our Father, um, and being transformed by the renewing of our mind, renewal of our mind in the things of God. So taking this idea of modesty and being a living sacrifice, what what does my heart want to, to honor more? As a believer, it should want to honor God over what I feel I have the freedom or choice to wear, right? Mm. I want to honor the Lord. I want to honor my husband. I want to honor, uh, bring glory in how I present myself and our family mm-hmm. to the world. I want them to see the Lord in that. And if they're distracted by something I'm wearing, then I would call that into question. And I would have, I would hope a sister in Christ or mm-hmm. my husband would call that into question lovingly and say, hey, I don't know that mm-hmm. you're... You're seeing things clearly here. <laughs> Maybe that's yeah. not how they'd say it. They'd probably say it way better than that. But um, That's interesting you said that, your husband, not any man. Right, because we're not submissive. I'm not submissive to any man. I'm submitted to you, my husband. Yeah, well, can we tease that out a little bit? Yeah. Because, I mean, where does a... So I, I talked about being kind of in a position of authority in a sense, and that I'm the leader, the worship leader, mm. asking women who aren't my wife to be mindful of what they're wearing. Now, get get aside from all the touchiness around the topic of how you say it and what exactly you're calling attention to. This and, was also like 10 years ago. Right, and I that. can imagine it's not gotten any easier for people that are in similar <laughs> roles. But, so I guess my question is, do, do, and I know the answer, but do church leaders somehow have a role in calling out immodesty among people who are ministering in that context? I honestly don't know. I mean, if they're ministering in that context and you are on stage and on display, I mean, you're held that much more accountable. So my my answer would be yes. Ideally, it would not be a man <laughs> speaking to a woman, but a woman to a woman yeah, and a ideally. man to a man. Yeah. Yeah. And we haven't really talked about this, but accountability, that's twofold. Right. Does that come up later? I think you had mentioned, I saw, saw somewhere in your notes that there's kind of two realms of responsibility. There's the responsibility that the women have, there's responsibility mm-hmm. that men have. Because yeah. a lot of times the thing that's pushed back against is um, a w- woman will say like, this is not, this is stylish. I'm not trying to show off My the goods. My body, myself, yeah. But that guy is just choosing to lust. And that it can, obviously that can be the case. Right. And so there's two kind of areas of responsibility. There's woman being aware of the type of, and you talked about this, the type of attention that you're attracting. Yeah. And then men are not just being, you know, dogs that are just <laughs> drooling over a right. piece of meat. Right. Right. And so there is a sense like I'm not. So if I'm at the grocery store, here's a good example. If I'm in a grocery store and I see somebody dressed immodestly. Okay. So yoga pants, tight, whatever, tight, whatever, short shorts, who knows, whatever they're wearing, scrunching their hair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not looking at that woman saying she is an evil woman. She's causing me to lust. Like that's that's a really immature way to look at that right. as a man. Yeah, I don't know that person. I don't know where they've come from. She has no, I have no. She, why should I expect her to uphold well, the same standard of morality? That right. And typically, and so people, it's my decision to say I will not lust against the, uh, after this woman. Right. 
I'm going to instead honor my wife. I'm going to honor the Lord. I'm going to divert my eyes. I'm yeah. going to divert my attention. I'm going to remember that that is a person made in the image of God. Right. She's not an object for my... Well, and typically, you know, the truth here is that when people do dress for more attention, they are more insecure uh, than they they might let on. So they're not, they may be wanting to flaunt it to get attention, but why do they want attention? There's obviously some sort of insecurity there. Is there ever a woman who's just completely oblivious to the effects of her, how she's presenting herself? Like, because I, I mean, could hear it, that. I think it depends on what culture you're raised in, right? Someone says, I didn't know this was, you know, and maybe have, whatever the immodest thing is, but they're just saying, what? This is just what I wear. Right. I don't know how it Well, affects. and geographically, I mean, we lived in Southern California where it gets to be 115 degrees in the summer. And it's like, you want to wear as little clothing as possible because you're just hot, right? <laughs> but you can know? you still be modest in your choices? <laughs> we absolutely. At, absolutely. I remember being at La Jolla, which is a beach in San Diego. And I didn't even know if this person was wearing pants because <laughs> it was like, you know, the it wasn't, it was a quote unquote, a bathing suit. It was not that it was something else. But I was like, is that person wearing it? <laughs> and I had to look away. Uh, and that's about as little of a clothing as I think right, you can possibly right. wear. So I don't know the question. I, the reason I asked that is because our, I could hear the voices of like, I just wear what I wear. Like it's not up to me to make sure that man doesn't lust right. or I had no idea. And I can, I'm asking you as well, because you said that women wear these types of things because they're insecure. Not always, but that's okay. usually well, the case. So you're saying most of the time then women uh-huh. are wearing this stuff because they're insecure. And I'm saying, do they even, is that true? Is the question I'm asking. I just don't know how you can like go to a beach and there's women in swimsuits and you see more of them than you ever wanted to see. And they're unaware of everything hanging out. Like, I don't, how are you unaware of that? And how are you okay with that? Okay, but. Take get off the beach now and go to the grocery store. Yeah, I mean, culture has definitely primed women to wear the tight, comfy pants. And I'm not, you know, I own some, but when I wear them, something covers my rear because I'm not out there to gain that type of attention. That's not my intent. And should I have to do that? That's the question. Right. Should you have to wear a longer shirt because you then I think that's the heart of this conversation because yeah. that's a decision you're making. Yeah. But why are you making that decision? When because you the, the heart is sinful and wicked, right? It's, it's sinful and wicked in me. It's sinful and wicked in him. So me choosing to do that is choosing, I think, to honor the Lord in that and to not cause my husband or, well, I, he can he can love me all he, he wants, be- <laughs> but yeah. to not cause any other men to stumble over someone that is not theirs to cause envy, to cause jealousy, to not, I mean, the Bible talks about, you know, not um, causing anyone else to sin, right? Like it's almost worse for you to cause them to sin, not saying that they are automatically going to sin if I wear something tight and short. But what I am saying is that I'm responsible for myself and my, and my standard before, like I'm standing before the Lord and I want to honor him in every aspect and area of my life and if that's if you're feeling defensive or ruffled by that then i would say press into it and give it some time like again motivation matters why is why are your feathers Mm. being ruffled why do you um why do you even take on that posture of well it's not my job to regulate him i mean i didn't i don't think of that i just think that i don't want other guys lusting after me like that grosses me out well i appreciate that because it grosses me out too (laughs) that makes me want to punch somebody uh but yeah, also, I mean, I think you're aware of the fact that it's not your responsibility to keep them Absolutely. from Absolutely. But you also aren't willing to just give them low-hanging fruit, so to speak. <laughs> Maybe that's a poor word choice. 
But I so but your motivation, I think that's what we're trying to say. And, yeah. and here's what this podcast episode is not is we're not here to say girls, women should not wear bikinis. Girls should not wear tight yoga pants. Girls should not X Y Z. They should not do these things. <laughs> I think some of those conclusions might follow, given what we're actually trying to say, right. which is we're asking women to look in their hearts and say, is what I'm wearing honoring to the Lord? Loving, honoring to my husband. Uh, honoring to my husband. Loving to my husband. Loving to my brothers in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, is it modeling godliness for my children? And are you loving to other women? Yeah. If you've got, if if you've been blessed with a a, a, a physical physique that is, <laughs> is that redundant? I don't know. With a physique that is classified as beautiful in our day and age, if you've been blessed with that naturally or by hard work or whatever, is that is flaunting that in a way? going to encourage spiritual growth and and in your sisters in Christ and yeah. brothers in Christ in your husband and yourself. Well, and and we're asking you to examine the heart. Right. And we can't do that for you, but we can say here's what scripture says. Right. So why don't we do some more of that? Yeah, and so when we're talking about Romans 12 and talking about like do not live according to the world standards, well what is the world? The world is defined uh, in First John two fifteen through 16 and 17. It starts with, do not love the world. Do not love the world or anything in it. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, mm-hmm. and the pride of life is not from the Father, but from the world. The world is passing away along with its desires, but mm-hmm. whoever does the will of God remains forever. So, so we're saying that this decision that you make today has an in- eternal import. Yes. As the world will pass away, the the effects of our decisions and our affections and right. uh, the things that well, we love, the desires of the flesh, desires of the eyes. Mm-hmm. Pride um, which of Which is interesting because that's kind of both of them. Because <laughs> <laughs> girls, I th- women, I'll, I'll use the word women, they want to look beautiful. Yes. Right? You don't want to look. But sometimes we don't go past that. I want to look good. I want to look pretty. I want to look nice. I want to look beautiful. Okay, well. Again, let's define what the standard of beauty should be, first really of all, good. and then take that next step. Okay, is is this is my desire for wanting to look beautiful and feel a certain way going to like augment the fact that I'm a Christian, or is it going to diminish that fact? Is it going to sure. start, you know, putting that putting a <laughs> what is it a thing over your little light? Oh yeah, <laughs> I, a that's over a bushel light. over your light. You yeah. know, because. It just, it really just comes down to that. Like, I, yeah, you can't control everybody and you can't control men's attention, but mm. you surely can control what you're wearing and, and your own accountability to the Lord. And again, it's not, it's not supposed to be legalistic. It is really like, I love God so much that I want to honor him in my words, in my deeds, in what I choose to wear and in where we choose to go as a family in every decision. Like, I want to give God the glory because Jesus died for me and I am a sinner and I am broken and I am not worthy of an ounce of his presence or his love or his blood for that matter, his sacrifice. And so, but how, yeah, but he, but he has adopted you in. Yes. And now you're living out. And as my a result gratitude, of that. my gratefulness, my desires, I want those to match what's inside here. And so, clothing and being modest. And it's not saying you have to wear old, weird, funky clothing and like... You don't have to make all your own dresses. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to do that. Like, believe it or not, there's actually clothes out there that aren't always super tight and they're super stylish and they're really comfy and they're very cute to wear and they're not going to break the bank. So there are other options, I think. And oh, I sent some affiliate links coming on. 
<laughs> I we wish. Don't have any. I wish. <laughs> um, but I do want to. I do want to harp on this one point before we go to those two verses really quickly of just being transformed by the renewal of our mind. So how do we combat conforming to the world? Um, and it's truly is through the power of God's word, through hearing it, through reading it, uh, mm. through studying it, through memorizing it, and meditating on it. So my question would say would be: Are you fierce wife engaging in scripture? daily like this because if your feathers are being ruffled i would venture to say that maybe scripture is not bearing weight like it should in your life are you being changed by god's word is is our motivation for dressing attire and adorning which we'll we'll talk about that ordered instructed and instructed by god's word or by our own desires right are we turning heads to gain attention for ourselves because the bible talks about that we'll go into these two passages real quickly First Peter 3, 3 through 5, they're very similar. Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair, and he's talking specifically to women, and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. First hmm. uh, Timothy 2, 8 and 9, I desire then that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Likewise, also that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly attire, but with what is proper for women who profess godliness with good works. So um, I did a study on these passages and got questions helped me out in that study. They said that both these passages are using, you know, a literary technique to show to compare what's desirable and what's undesirable. Um, Jesus does this um, with in John six twenty seven, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures uh, to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. And Jesus, he's not saying, of course, don't work for physical food, right? Um, he's telling us that you should be willing to work mm. to eat, but you, you, he's comparing spiritual food to physical food. And so trying to emphasize what is desirable, what is not. It's not just a don't braid your hair, don't wear pearls, don't wear gold. Like these... If you look back in the ancient times, again, you will see that these were things that women would use to show off a status, to show off like mm-hmm. adornment, to get attention. Um, I mean, any sort of biblical fiction, you will see all of this type of attire uh, spread out across the pages to show off the external beauty. But God is trying to mm-hmm. draw the attention to where the actual, like the eternal beauty is and where... He's calling us again into this, yeah, the quiet, the gentle, the self-controlled spirit, um, one that is in sync with in Genesis 3 when there was the fall and he said that the woman will want the position of the husband and, the, and she, you know. He will rule over you and your desire will be over for you. him. Yes, yeah. and so this call to what God thinks God sees is very precious is gentle, is quiet, is self-controlled, mm. is modest. And these are the things that I want my father in heaven to say, yes, well done, well done. And hmm. that that is what drives me to make the decisions that I make about what I'll wear and when and why <laughs> and how. I've noticed, and I'm, I'm thankful that you didn't braid your hair today and wear your costly golden jewelry and pearls. Oh That's good. It's all about the heart. It really is. And you mentioned that Genesis 3, you know, the, the distortion of the roles, mm-hmm. okay, and that people often think that the roles are that we that we see in society and the roles we see in marriage are the result of the fall and no the roles existed pre-fall Before, yeah what the fall did is it twisted and distorted those roles and so the 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 husband's headship loving headship turned into a lording over right which we see but then the wife's loving equality but submission mm-hmm. 
Um, and it's, it, we, we, we view submission negatively in our culture. It's not negative. It's a very mm-hmm. positive thing scripturally. It's not a thing of weakness. It's a thing of strength. But that's been distorted into um, this almost desire to usurp and almost use and wield the power that you do have, right? Right. You don't have any physical power over me. Like, How dare you? I'm, you could get a cheap shot <laughs> get in. Get these guns. <laughs> you could get a cheap shot in. <laughs> I get many cheap shots in. <laughs> she does. Um, I flinch a lot. <laughs> um, but in, in, practically speaking, like you, you, you couldn't overpower me. No. Um, but you can overpower me with, with my affections for you. And if you so choose, you could manipulate me with Absolutely. how you look. Now, if a man is so inclined to be visually uncontrolled, a woman who wanted to could control that man through how she presents mm-hmm. herself and carries mm-hmm. herself and, and interacts with, right. with him. Um, again, if a, if a man is not walking according to the spirit, if a man is letting himself right. be tempted, this is a very real possibility. We see it over and over again in scripture, warning against uh, this type of tempta- temptation. Right. Women that would be um, immodestly presenting themselves for the goal of attracting attention. Right. Or achieving something that they find to be right. advantageous to their status, right? Right. But First Corinthians ten twenty four says, let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. Um, Paul is writing to the Corinthians, right, about living in a way that glorifies God. How does our dress not fall under that? Like, how would you determine that it's not, right? So are we wanting, because what, again, motive matters. So what are we truly desiring here? Are we are we desiring attention for ourselves for our body? Are we wanting value, identity, security to be loved, admired, or to be coveted mm-hmm. by other women? Um, these are not the fruits of the spirit that the Lord is trying to produce in us. Mm. And so, I guess I would just encourage you, wives, to focus on the things of God and not to be consumed or too ruffled up if you hear this podcast about clothing and looks and material things because they will pass away. Right, Jonathan Edwards. Uh, encourages people. I love this quote, um, and I've been really trying to apply it to every part of my life. It's very simple. You guys have probably heard it, but about focusing on the eternal. It says, Lord, stamp eternity on my eyeballs. And so if we're consumed with the eternal, not just the here and now, the attention that I can get today, but if we are really consumed with the eternal, with eternity, with our Savior, I really think that honoring and glorifying the Lord uh, and how we dress and how we carry ourselves and how we present ourselves to the world around us, uh, it counts and it, it should count and, and it, it should bear weight that I I want to glorify God more than I want to please myself. Like that is that is a Christian mm. life right there. Yeah. So. This passage um, from 1 Corinthians 10, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. Mm-hmm. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. You mentioned that earlier. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do and all, do it all to the glory of God. It's that notion that all things are lawful. And that's the voice that I hear and mm. we've heard so often when breaching or having this conversation is they'll say like, there's nothing wrong with it. And because the, the initial reaction is to, is be, to defensive. be defensive and to yeah. push back. And we're here to say, listen, we're just asking you, are you loving the Lord, honoring the Lord with that? If you can honestly look God in the, in the face on that day and said, yeah, I did that solely for your glory. Mm. And I'm not saying like mostly for you, like solely for your glory. I chose how to present myself for your glory. Mm-hmm. If you can say that, then we have no, we have nothing else to add. Mm. And we're just saying that the Lord um, 
has asked us to love one another in this way. It is very, it can feel very one-sided. You know what? A lot of, a lot of how we love one another is one-sided and that's just the nature hmm. of the gospel that we love selflessly. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean we subject ourselves to all, all sorts of abuse, right. taking advantage of that, but we do love selflessly. So, yeah. um, yeah, I don't know if you want to ask some of these closing questions or if we have enough questions kind of hanging out there, but um, I think we time. do. Yeah, I mean, just I think I would just encourage you to ask yourself these questions. You know, have I been consumed with how I look lately and why? Um, have I been scrolling and purchasing more than normal or beyond our normal budget? Am I posting more selfies to what end? Uh, why? What is it that we're seeking? Are we mm. trying to seek some identity, some value, sufficiency, worth, and completeness in Christ? And I'm here to tell you, sister, that you cannot find it outside of him. And he is the best place to find value, to find identity, to find who you are uh, under him. And so I think I would just leave the question, how can we begin to adorn ourselves with what the Lord values rather than what I think I need or what I want? Okay. Let's pray. Okay. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your word. Um, I pray that you give us hearts of wisdom. Give us hearts that desire nothing but glorifying you. That you would transform our mm. minds, transform our hearts. Give us a heart of flesh that we might uh, consider first in these types of things where we could express and uh, use liberty to justify things. Lord, I pray that you give us a heart that is motivated by loving you and loving each other well. Help us to discern. Not be legalists but to be grace-driven disciples. Mm -hmm. Uh, In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you watched this episode, thank you uh, for making this far. If you're wondering what it means to become a Christian, we have a website for you. It's thenewsisgood.com. It just lays it out. Here's what it means really simply and a few steps you can take down the path of walking out the life Mm -hmm. of a Christian, placing your faith in Christ. Um, Also, if you're still watching this, um, this, this ministry is largely possible I would say like 90% possible because of our <laughs> patrons. So um, it, that people that support us on a monthly basis, mm-hmm. just faithfully and not really asking for anything in return, just to see this work continue. We're really grateful to you. If you haven't considered that, we ask that you pray about it. If the Lord leads you to partner with us, you can go to, what is it? Fiercemarriage.com slash partner. There's some options there. You will get some some fun freebies, things like rings and books and access to our online courses. Uh, But don't do it for that. Do it because you want to see this mission continued and we'd be grateful. Mm -hmm. Uh, With that said, this episode of Fierce Marriages. In the can. See you again in about seven days. Until next time. Stay fierce.